This is Joe Cole, and you're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode. That's right, of the London is Blue podcast. Hopefully, your favorite Chelsea podcast. And boy, oh boy, do we have an exciting episode for you. Because as Chelsea continue to do business, continue to build out their infrastructure, as we know it, Blue Co. with Stroudsburg, there's a lot of positions that they are trying to fill. And they're doing it again, going back down to Brazil, to bring David Washington from Santos into Chelsea's larger apparatus, not necessarily to Stanford Bridge just yet. And we wanted to get some real specialists on Brazilian football to tell us a little bit more, to educate us appropriately. And so we are so excited to bring Jess and Nath onto the show, first time appearances. And we just want to welcome you first. We want to learn from you and we want to share that information with our listeners. So, Jess, I know we've been talking about it. I know you're super excited for the first cap here on the show and to get a chance to share with the people what you think about Washington. Yeah, it's, it's a huge honor to be here. So I just want to thank you for the invitation, first of all. And uh, it's a pleasure to talk all things Chelsea, uh, even more so when we're talking about Brazilian players. Well, and Nath, I know that uh, this is an opportunity for us to dive deep on a specific player to get an understanding that maybe we don't have naturally because most of us are not watching the Brazilian league. I think that would be fair to say. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to thank for the opportunity. I want to thank for the invitation and everything. I didn't expect it, to be honest. So I'm really glad to be here and to talk about Brazilian football in general, there's a lot to be known by people around the world. So it's even greater to do this uh, while also talking about Chelsea. So I'm really glad to be here. Maybe before we get into what we're going to cover beyond Washington specifics, you know, talking about that, maybe just Brazilian football in general. For those of us who don't live there, haven't traveled there yet, or haven't spent a great amount of time with the people, what would you say the view of Chelsea is in Brazil? We know, obviously, Thiago Silva. There's a relationship there. We know there have been many phenomenal Brazilian players who played for Chelsea previously. How does the view on Chelsea compare to maybe some other Premier League clubs in Brazil? Um, I feel like Chelsea is one of the teams that has the most supporters here. I'd say City is close because of their recent success. But historically, Chelsea is one of the teams that has the most supporters here. And not only because of Thiago Silva, but David Luiz before that, before that, Oshka and Ramirez, for example, Alex, way back then. So yeah, it's one of the, the most known teams here. And even though it's most, yeah, it kind of, it is similar. When it comes to the media, when it comes to the talk on the media, not many people like Chelsea, but overall, it's a very well-known club, and there are a lot of spotters here. And Jess, from your perspective, is there a least-liked Premier Club in Brazil? So if Chelsea has a good representation, is there a Premier League club that does not have a good representation in Brazil? No, I I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, in terms of the... The well-known big six, you know, it, they're very, very. The fan base is really huge, so you you will see the rivalry, and it's it's funny because even in Brazil, the way that people talk about the points, the the arguments are all the same. 
I don't know if it's the same in the US, I think it's <laughs> probably the same, but this agreement in terms of the academy, in terms of the European trophies and all of that, it's all the same. So it's just very entertaining. But I don't think there is one that is just generally disliked by, by the Brazilian audience. Very fair. So we're going to talk a lot about that, but particularly we're going to view it from the lens of David Washington, again, who is getting signed up. We got Here We Goes from Fabrizio Romano previously. There were flights, there were medicals, there's an official announcement pending. And so we're going to talk a lot about what he's going to bring, what his skill set is, also answer a ton of your listener questions. Before we do that, we just want to say thank you for supporting the show. You can always do that through patreon.com forward slash London Blue Pod. Great way to join our one wonderful Discord family and community. But you know what? If you want to do things that are free that help us out too, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also subscribe on YouTube. We're posting all the pods there right now. We're keeping Editor Jake extremely busy as we look to hit 28,000 subscribers and really push to 30,000 by the end of the month. That'd be a great way to end it. So thank you always for that support. But look, Let's just talk about who David Washington is first. So I've got a little summary before I ask some questions here, and we can all learn together. But 18-year-old forward playing for the Brazilian side, Santos, made his first senior appearance on April 11, 2023, scored his first professional goal on May 10th, 2023, and to date he's made 16 senior appearances with two goals. However, at the youth level, my oh my, that man liked to score a goal. 2022, he was in the U-17's top league scorer with 16. He's been in the Santos system since 11 years of age, starting his academy journey with uh, Gramio at the age of 8. I think I said that at least close to being correct, Nath, but you can correct me if that is not accurate. Yeah, it's Gramio. 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 Yeah, it's okay. hard because of the accents and everything. I get it. But you were pretty close, actually. <laughs> I was surprised. I was like, okay, let me see how it's going to turn that around. Okay, I'm just going to try to get my shot on target next time. You know, this that, that was more like <laughs> yeah. a shot that went into the goalkeeper's arms. We'll work on it. <laughs> but yeah, as you said, so yeah, um, I feel like David Washington is a player that has a big, big ceiling. And I feel like it's going to be a great opportunity, opportunity for Chelsea to develop him because he doesn't quite have... Um, regular uh, minutes in senior football. So we're going to have the opportunity to develop him, whether in Chelsea or Strasbourg, this is on us. So I feel like we can shape the player as we like and how the club feels he can be a part of the team of the squad uh, in the future. So I feel like this is important. And Jess, you know, we try to get that gut reaction or that initial feeling to a type of transfer when they get signed up initially. What was your immediate reaction learning that Washington, though rumored, was finally across the line to be a part of the larger Chelsea apparatus? Um, this this is going to sound bad at first, but it's, it's not really. Uh, but my first reaction was surprise. Uh, um, not because not a, out of a bad sentiment or anything like that. But as as not uh, pointed out, he just moved to senior football this year. So even though he was pretty much a phenomenon in youth football, very highly regarded, um, he kind of moved to senior football and had his moment to shine when their um, starter striker was uh, Marcos Leonardo left for the World Cup, the under 20 World Cup. So he had that moment and he truly impressed. But the sample size is very small. 
in terms of senior football. So my immediate reaction was surprise based on the other targets that Chelsea were looking for in Brazil. When you had like Vito Hockey or even Angelo, who had years of senior football, you're talking about Angelo, he started playing senior football when he was 15 years old. So, you know, that was the, the big difference for me. Having said that, there's another another reason, and it was the fact that because of his lack of experience, you would expect Chelsea to move for uh, Marco Leonardo, who is the, the striker, the starting striker, the starting striker for Santos, and he's also in the age bracket of you know of young players. And so I had to think about why we didn't move for him, why we are going like one step further. So he's not even the next big thing; he is the next next big thing. He is the next in line. To, he was seen as the next in line to succeed Mahalona. So that was the surprising aspect. But after that, looking at just the player, as also was mentioned before, he's seen as a big, big talent in terms of ceiling. So obviously with young players, is all about how you develop them and how you give them the proper means to thrive and to mold and shape how you want them to and whether or not they're going to reach the levels that you expect of him. But he has a lot of, really good attributes that we're going to be talking about in this episode that I think make this a very exciting um, signing for the future. So we had a question, Nath, from Brent, who was asking about like why we should be excited because it, you know, I think there's a, he referenced to just, I think the exhaustive nature of the transfer window where it's linked name. Maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't. There's a lot of young players that Chelsea are bringing in who don't necessarily look like they're an immediate drop into the first team to help out. I wonder almost if you could frame it by talking through the Santos supporters and how they feel about losing this player and maybe try to transition some of the excitement that they had around uh, O Presidente to why Chelsea's supporters should be excited. So yeah, there's a whole feeling of surprise, as Jess said, because people were expecting, not only Santos supporters, but Brazilian football fans in general, were expecting Marcos Leonardo to move after his U20 World Cup and also after his season, his last past season and this season as well, he started pretty well. So people are expecting Marcos to move, especially because he's older as well. and He's got a bit more experience or a lot more in this case. But yeah, David Washington is moving and now it's Marcos Leonardo is set to stay. So there are a lot of mixed feelings, but overall there's a, there are high, high expectations of him going to Europe and there are a lot of anxious fans trying to figure out what Chelsea is going to do or what Bluco is going to do because he's now a Bluco player, not only Chelsea, a Chelsea football player. So it's going to be interesting to see. As I said, it's in Chelsea's hand to shape him. And it comes to Chelsea or Blue Cove, the whole setting, to do it. So it's going to be interesting. And Santos uh, supporters are trying to figure out how this is going to be, how this is going to go, because they have high expectations for David Washington. So it's only fair. Uh, very fair. So we talked about this idea of ceiling, and we did get a question from Samantha just asking, what's the plan? The The plan is to loan Washington out so that he can progress and level up his game. That is the expectation and understanding. It looks as even though Broya is getting back to fitness, whether or not he stays is still a question for consideration. Uh, but we know that Nico Jackson is our number one guy when it comes to the number nine spot. 
There was a question, though, from uh, Panagendra asking two questions just around, like, where where do we think Santos ranks right now in terms of the prospects, like, emerging out of Brazil? And maybe what is that expectation for what he should accomplish next season based upon what his level of senior football is? Because to me, it feels like double-digit goals and maybe a few assists and getting a ton of minutes would be the recipe for a good first season. Yeah, that's absolutely perfect. Um, in terms of um, how you compare him to the previous um, talents or gems in Brazil, it is a very complicated question. And I don't think in this case there is an absolute answer because as we said before, he is the next next on the line. So right now in Brazil, for people to be a little bit situated, um, situated, there are two main forwards, like the top tier forwards. Everybody's talking about him. One is going to Real Madrid. One is going to Barcelona, Hendrik and Victor Hockey. So they are the ones in the, the very, very top bracket in terms of expectations. Um, whether those expectations are going to materialize or not, we don't know. But those are the ones where everybody have has the biggest expectation. And then the second bracket, you have a number of players like Marcos Leonardo, I would say like Andre, like Matheus França, who are impressing and who are seen as um, some of the biggest gems of their generation. And then you have David, who would be the next in line. Um, so I would put Marcos Leonardo in the second bracket and then David pushing to enter the second bracket. But at the same time, it feels unfair to let him in, let's say, like this, because of the sample size, as we said, is so, so small. Um, in terms of youth youth football, um, incredibly impressive. But he, I think he played, he started nine games, I think, this season, in his first season in, in senior football. So as you said, I couldn't agree more that a successful season for him would be consistent minutes. So the first thing, wherever he goes on loan, uh, we all are all expecting it to be for France, um, is to really find himself a start of spot to fight for his place and to have those consistent minutes um, and then maybe get the double digits for me would be fantastic. I wouldn't even throw in the assists there, even though he is very, very good at one, two football, um, but just keeping that experience. Cause I think we're going to, I think we're going to talk a little bit about his attributes, but even having the attributes in mind, his biggest weakness at this moment, because he is very well-rounded, is the lack of experience. So that's the, the first thing for a successful season is to reach that level of consistency in the senior team. And Nath, it, it sounds like as we talk about that, when I was reading up, and maybe you can either correct or validate that he does have the profile of an individual and has been able to play across like every part of the front line, like either on the wing or more centrally. But it's been identified that he is most likely in his best when he is playing a central role, kind of maybe talking to some of the, the strengths that he has. Yeah, um, during his youth years, he actually played as a winger. So that kind of makes him a complete forward using the technical term, let's put it this way, because he was majorly played as a winger. He has special awarenesses that not many forwards have. So he knows how to use the channels. He knows how to pace his runs and time his runs so that he's on side. So he's in a position where he can achieve it, receive the ball and do what's best for him, either shoot 
or find someone in a better condition, he's got this awareness as well, even though sometimes he does try to do more than he should. But yeah, as Jess said, lack of experience, he'll get there if he goes on loan, which I think is happening. Uh, he needs that loan. He needs game time. He needs proper minutes. He needs to start regularly. He did start a few games, but the level of those games were not that high. Um, you put, I guess he scored against Bahia and Vasco. Those two teams aren't in, the, in their best at the moment. Not even Santos is at their best. They are actually fighting to leave the relegation zone. So Santos as a whole is a mess. And I feel like this kind of mind, his performances, and made him underperform, let's put it this way. I, felt, I feel like he could do more in a proper setting, in an organized club, in an organized collective. And I feel like Patrick Vieira would be um, a great coach for him in this sense. What he did, um, I guess it was on Palace and Nice before that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was pretty special. And I feel like he's got all the tools and all the knowledge he needs to do this in Strasbourg right now. And also, it would be very nice to, to see David and Angelo playing together again. What they did at Santos in that little mess they are, in their little mess right now, it was very special. It showed sparks. It, it was a bit of a spark to Santos um, offensively. So it would be nice to see that link up in France as well. Well, we'll see if they can spark the you know a different type of revolution in France this coming season as they play together. Uh, but we're going to take a very quick first ad break. When we come back, we'll talk more about those strengths, those weaknesses that he has within his game. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. There is no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. One of the things I love about Indeed is that they make hiring all in one place. It's easy because, well, candidates you invite are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in the search. When you get one step closer to the hire by immediately matching you with a quality candidate, it makes it go faster. And when you're looking to hire, the quicker you get the right person in the role, the better. So start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That offer is good for a limited time. So claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com forward slash blue wire sports. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com forward slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need indeed. So, Jess, as we were continuing the conversation around strengths and weaknesses in his game, are there any other areas that you would want to point out about, hey, really, really good at this, but also maybe still needs to work on this type of thing? Um, yes, I think the the greatest thing when you analyze him is that he is well-rounded. So you see that he has good attributes in every category. And I'm not just saying this. I'm not saying he's ready-made, anything like that, as we said, he, he lacks experience. Um, but I would say that the biggest strength for me is the word movement. His movement is outstanding. And I just don't mean movement in terms of running and movement off the ball. I mean movement 
with the ball or without the ball. So when he doesn't have the ball, as as Ned said, he um, was a winger before in, this, in his youth days. So he started left wing, which is was his preferred position, but he was made to play on the right wing as well. So he knows how to utilize the wide wide areas very, very well and to exploit them and, and make those runs um, behind the defender's back and all of that. So his his runs without the ball are fantastic. He knows how to position himself anywhere in the final third perfectly. He's always looking to shoot. Um, he's very um, in terms of movement. He's very very fast um, in in how he reacts. So if he gets the ball, he tries to turn around and to shoot. It's great. But also the movement on the ball for me is is interesting, and I just don't mean with dribbles. Um, it's the way that he moves his body. Uh, to almost shield the ball and, and he pretends to go one way and go the other and goes the other way and just fools the opponent and he's just very explosive so he does that he does that with his movement and just runs so he thrives when he has space but he also thrives when he doesn't because he's actually a really good dribbler because of this and and as Nat pointed out he got to play a little bit with under in the senior team during that time of the World Cup, the under-20 World Cup. And it was great to see them playing together as we saw a little bit of Angelo during the um, the preseason, just the, the, the fast thinking, the one-two, uh, all of that is something that David is very comfortable in as well. Um, what I would say that he needs to work on, it's just a small thing, um, actually, and it comes with, one comes with maturity, which is, Sometimes there are a lot of too much flicks, too many flicks. You know, you needs to just know when to do those excessive dribble, dribbles and all of that. But that comes with with maturity, and also in terms of his uh, physical body, because he actually has a really great height. He's I think one eighty seven meters, which Google says is six point one feet. I think. Yeah, I know. Um, six six foot one as well, but I'm not sure about. Okay, that. so. <laughs> Yeah, so six foot one, it's one point eighty seven meters. So he actually has really good body for his age, and and his size is good for his age. But I think if he were, you know, looking to play in the Premier League, he needs to bulk up, as we say, um, and and that's um, I think something to work on because sometimes when he receives the ball, if he doesn't move fast enough to turn around and find a pass, um, when there's a lot of contact, he he might lose the ball just because of his body strength. So it's something that needs to be worked on in the future. But again, it comes because of his young age and because of his normal natural body of, you know, you're talking about an 18 year old. So that's sure. to be expected. Nath, as we think about that, and I want to dig in maybe a little bit more on the fact of Angelo and Washington, how they help support one another. So they're going to the same club. They're going to be in the same attacking apparatus together. What are the things that they're going to be doing to help each other in terms of how their games are complementary to one another and support maybe both of them having a better season because they already have that relationship that they're importing into France? Yeah, um, from what we've seen in the short amount of time they played together here in Brazil, it was very special. They really linked up pretty well, especially in the box. Mostly David setting up Angelo for finishes, which is funny to me because <laughs> David is a center, center forward, but still. So this is another aspect that shows how versatile he is, actually. He likes to move mostly centrally because he's a center forward now. But he's got this, this awareness on how to use his wingers, and he does that very well. So I feel like this is a win-win 
situation for him and Angelo and also for Strasbourg as a whole, because I feel like this is going to up their attack, um, their attacking options and everything. They also have other pretty offensive midfielders. Um, Bedegaard, I feel like he's there. He's going to stay there. I feel like he's staying there. I don't know. But he's also very offensive coming from midfield. So I feel like this all complements the way they played at Santos, giving a little twist because it's a different league. It's a different experience. It's a necessary experience both of them need. They need game time and they need to bulk up both of them. Just said about uh, the needs uh, of David poking up. But Angelo needs as well. He's quite, he likes some athleticism, though he's very fast and that kind of makes up for the lack of athleticism, but still they need to bulk up because in the Premier League they are going to feel the difference. It's going to be important for them to be athletic. And yeah, I guess as a whole, the movements, both movements, both loans to to Strasbourg make a lot of sense and it's going to help Chelsea in the future if it all goes to plan. Well, seemingly is already going to plan because Strasbourg ended up winning their first game of the season, which is exciting because they ended last season just above the relegation zone. So that's a nice thing for them to have the start of a good season beating Lyon. They have the benefit of Vieira coming in as a coach and then all this wonderful talent that they're getting injected with as the uh, larger Badad and Todd and Feliciano uh, team put together really strong support for them. As we kind of get into some more of the listener questions, a friend of all, Ollie Glanville, had a specific question, uh, Jess, just regarding which goal scorer in Chelsea's history does David remind you of? And I think we talked a little bit about this already, but like what would a good season be from in France? I think we've answered that. Uh, though I'm convinced after Nat's comment with the fact of the Angelo scoring off of David's assist, that I don't think assists are out of the question. No, it's not about like out of the question. It's just not something that I would use to define um, like a, a good loan for him. Um, but, but as I said, I mean, he started as a winger, right? So he has those attributes, I think, similar to Jackson. And that that helps uh, in terms of how um, just like a, a complete player, you know, a complete player it helps with his vision. It helps with his agility. And, and that's uh, something um, that only benefits the player if you're talking about a player that thrives on movement, right? So as far as Chelsea's, uh, what, it, what was it? Uh, Chelsea's old, like... Uh, well, goal scorers of old. Like, so what model of Chelsea player or attacker does mm. David line up with? And like, we'll get yours, Jess, and we'll get yours too, Nat, just to see... Who do we think he lines up with the most? Well, um, definitely not Diego Costa. Um, <laughs> not, not Anelka. I wouldn't say Drogba. I think Jackson is still a little bit closer in terms of style to Drogba. Um, I think because of his movement, pace, um, explosiveness, and dribbles, I would kind of say Fernando Torres, but hmm. before Chelsea before Chelsea, like as a pass forward, but in his younger days, and he's very, very like before in the platy even. So yeah, comes to mind. I see a different one. Anelka came, yeah, Anelka came to my mind. And I was like, am I crazy? 
and I kind of rewatched a few games, a few best uh, games and highlights of Anelka, and he kind of reminded me of David. I guess because of their height, it's pretty similar. I had to check that out as well. But um, the way they use space, they occupy space to get the ball and shoot. Um, David is not there yet. He's not a Nelka level, but he could be someday. And that's quite exciting, to be fair. Um, just reminds me of Anelka, not there yet, as I said. Not wanting to sound crazy, like, oh, you're overthinking, you're overreacting. No, he's not there yet, but he could be. They kind of reminded me of each other because of their height, the way they are quite fast, to be honest, and the way they think quickly to act, either passing or shooting. It's quite similar. I would I would agree, like, in terms of the movement inside the box, just as, as Nat said, uh, the, the how they protect the ball, how both have uh, an array of, of different finishes. It's, it's very unpredictable how, you know, they're going to finish. They find a way to finish in a different way, I think. And and the the, the usage of the body, I think it's similar. Um, the reason why I didn't go with Anelka is because I was thinking like more in a broader sense of how he utilizes the space when he's not in the box. And, you know, in terms of he's not that centrally. He, he knows how to roam wider areas, I think, in, in a different way. But I, I would definitely agree when you're talking about the movement and, and what the player does and how he reacts inside the box. As you talk through it, I've been trying to rack my brain about if there's another name that I would consider. And some of the conversation around the movement into the box and the carries kind of has me thinking like I the mental picture I started drawing was Tammy Abraham um in his first season not necessarily the second season um at Chelsea but even particularly on his loan in Aston Villa like there um that was really the uh the model that like I started to picture based upon the description so you can also tell me if that does or doesn't sound correct because I uh, the more the more examples we can provide to people the better they can visualize that player on the pitch yeah it makes sense now that you that you talked about Tammy yeah it was like yeah it could work, um, but Tammy was more athletic. He had more body. He, he was more Bota. So, yeah, it kind of reminds David. David kind of reminds, um, in some aspects, Tammy's games, game playing style. But, yeah, he could bring some, some, some other aspects that Tammy didn't because he was a winger back in the day. David was a winger, so... He's got some attributes that Tammy maybe didn't because he was always there, center, center forward, scoring goals, and having to put the ball in the net, mostly. So yeah, there's a resemblance, but maybe David is a bit of a different profile. Perfect. Well, we, we're, we're going to broaden our aperture for a moment because William had a question about comparing... Washington ceiling, particularly to Angelo, to Kennedy Piez, and um, like the other talent that we're starting to accumulate from South America. So uh, I know, Jess, you and I, before this episode, we were talking a little bit about uh, maybe some of the other individuals who uh, you were also excited for um, from, you know, coming from South America into Chelsea's larger system. Yeah. Um, first of all, one thing that I would like to point out, and I think we talked about this before, uh, is is just how Chelsea are approaching, the way that they're approaching the market, because I think it's a bit different than what we saw before. So before Chelsea would 
bringing players that were okay players, but they were never they were never really linked with a lot of the players that were the main guys or the next big thing. I think Oscar was one of them when you know he was really seen as a big big name uh, in terms of potential. But majorly, there were a lot of moves that Chelsea made that kind of left me as a Brazilian quite confused. And now I'm seeing almost like we're targeting the right people. Um, obviously, we were linked with Hendrik. We were linked with Victor Hockey. We were linked with, um, you know, Matheus França. So those are names that as any young player, any other young player, they can work out and they, they, you know, they may as well not work out. You have to see with time and with the right development and setting the circumstances and it can be wonderful and you can have a very, very world-class player, top player with you, or it may not be, you know, they may not reach those expectations, but, you know, it's, it's always going to be a risk, but I'm seeing Chelsea, you know, take risks on players that I understand why they are t- taking risks on, 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 you know? So every player has a certain amount of, of expectations with them. Me personally, I'm a huge, huge Andre fan. Um, I've been following him for, for ages. I think he is insanely talented. He has attributes to develop into any type of, not any type, but and now we're playing, we're all the talk about a 4-2-3-1. In terms of the pivot, he can be molded into a more defensive mind anywhere in the pivot, right? More defensive minder, mind, minded midfielder or someone that can um, go forward a little bit more as he was a, a box-to-box midfielder back in Brazil. But he has the attributes to be an incredible um, sitting six, let's say, like that. So it's all about how Chelsea are going to develop, develop him. But in terms of expectations, he is the one that personally I'm the most happy with um, and I have the highest expectations of just but I'm also incredibly and I will say it right now I'm incredibly biased incredibly biased here um what I will say just looking like trying to be objective the one that I think people should be very excited about is Kendi that kid is different he's just he has a factor like it's magical what he does the way that he reads the game the way that he positions himself um I remember I always remember Thiago Silva talking and people talking with him about how he sees almost like he sees the the game ahead of time. Like he's able to read what's going to happen before they happen. And that's how he positions himself. I'm telling you that kid, Kendri, he is like that. He knows where people are going to be. He knows where the the game is going to go before they happen. So in terms of who I think has that star quality potential and may, it, it may not happen. We don't know. But if I were to bat on someone, I think he's just different. He has that it factor almost. So he's run that I, I was incredibly excited when, when Chelsea got. Um, and again, as for, David is, is such a complicated one, not because he's not talented, because he is. He is truly talented. And he is, as Angelo, such a fun player to watch. Um, because they come from Santos Academy, uh, it is an academy that always instigate dribbling and being courageous and being unpredictable. So this is something that you're going to see in the majority of uh, Santos players. So they are fun to watch. But with him, as we said many times, it's going to sound boring now, but the sample size is very small. So you have to go back to his youth days to really say in terms of potential, whether or not, you know, what what he can achieve or not. Um, So I would I would put him in terms of expectations behind those, you know, behind the likes of Andre and stuff. But because we have, because of personal preference, because of experience, and also because of, if I'm going based on pure, pure talent, I would still go for Andre just because 
I think he's incredible. But that's not to take out of out of you know take anything out of of David. He's a good player on his own, and I'm truly truly excited to see him develop because, um, as Nat said, he is also a player that can be molded in different ways. You can allow him to keep roaming more in terms of the wide areas, but he can also, you know, as he can play on a two, but he can also play on a one in terms of the forward. He can play with a striker next to him or not. So whether you utilize that or not, it's it's going to be fundamental in finding out and figuring out the type of player that he's going to be in the future. It feels like we're a season too early to drop David in the rankings amongst the pool based upon just the total amount of senior football. So I feel like we should just say we will rate him appropriately after we get a chance to see what he does in Ligue 1 this season. And so maybe turning it over to you, Nat, just amongst some of those same names, because, uh, yeah, we, we have done a little bit of shopping in the Brazilian market with Angelo and Andre Santos. And, you know, now uh, also with, uh, you know, uh, Kennedy uh, coming in as well uh, as a you know, lar- part of the larger South American approach. Uh, also from uh, Moises Caicedo's old club as well. So uh, very exciting there. What are your thoughts? And are, are you feeling the same way that Jess is in terms of just the excitement for these players and maybe some of the same rankings for where their expectation is? The ones that we will rank. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't have said any better than, than Jess, actually. She kind of said everything I think of. Um, I know not many people that listen to the podcast because they are not Brazilian. That's okay. They don't really know the league, but the experience uh, young players get in the, in the Brazilian league is quite special. We got things in our league that not many other leagues in the world have. Referees kind of suck, but okay. Um, but in terms of the experience they got, they get here in Brazil, it's it's special because it's a 38-game league. Um, there are national cups, actually a national cup, which most, most uh, elite teams play and go further, far in the competition. So it's a great um, setting to be when you're young. And David didn't quite have that opportunity, so that's why I feel like he kind of ranks lower in terms of expectation, but in terms of ceiling, he's just right there with them. But to be absolute, absolutely sure about it, we need to see more of him. We definitely need to see more of him, which, which is why alone is needed. And because and about Kendri more specifically, I feel like um, Libertadores experience is key to those players. And Andre didn't have it. If I yeah, Vasco didn't go to Copa Libertadores when Andre was there. Um, Angelo maybe got a few opportunities, but I feel like mostly Santos was in either Copa Libertadores, but not going that far, or in Sul Americana, and also and also not going. Therefore, um, Sul Americano would be some sort of Europa League, let's put it this way. Um, so, yeah, Kendry is having a different kind of experience than these players didn't have when they were here. And he's only 16, so we're going to see him developed, him develop for about two more years, I guess. And, yeah, this is going to make a lot of difference, a lot of difference, especially because Independiente del Valle, where he is right now, um, is a big club right now in the South American setting. Um, they've been developing great talents over the past few years. They've been winning Copa Sudamericana, for example, 
they won two over the past five years, I'd say. So they are they are also in Copa Libertadores with quite um, quite regularly, and that makes a difference. So I feel like Kendry's higher in terms of ceiling plus experience when he goes to Europe. We will have seen enough of him to be more sure about what he can bring to us, bring to Chelsea. I feel like he's going to be a Chelsea player from the start. I'm serious. <laughs> from what I've seen, I have no no doubts in my mind that he's coming to Chelsea to be with the first team right away. Um, I don't feel, I mean, I don't know, we got two more years, but he could be a starter. So I think he he might have to work his way through the ranks in the team to get his starting spot, but he will be in a great position to do so. So that's why I rank um, Kendri up there. And as Jess said, Andre as well. Because he's ready, he showed he's ready, not only in Brazil, but in preseason. It wasn't much in preseason in terms of minutes, but as Jess said, I've been watching him for a few years now. So, yeah, he showed what he knows, and he seems determined to make it right at Chelsea, and that counts a lot as well. Oh, that is exciting stuff. I think, you know, we, this initially was the David Washington podcast, but I think this ended up being a little bit of the Kendry podcast, too, in terms of some of the excitement. We're going to take our last ad break real quick. We come back, we'll close on Kendry and then answer one or two more of your listener questions. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. With the busy fall season just around the corner watching endless amounts of Premier League football, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, you'll eat well, and you'll stay on track with your healthy, healthy lifestyle. You can refresh your healthy habits without missing a beat because you can choose from over 34 weekly flavor-packed, dietitian-approved meals ready to eat in two minutes. If you're too busy running around during the day to think about lunch, keep your energy up with the lunch to go. Effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls, salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go. No microwave required. So head to factormeals.com forward slash London is blue 50 and use code London is blue 50 to get 50% off. That's code London is blue five zero at factormeals.com forward slash London is blue five zero to get 50% off. So I just want to tie off on the Kendry thing real quick because this whole idea of going directly into the first team is a very interesting thought. I think even though the rumblings around him have been the the wonder kid type articles that you see all the time or the special talent, the diamond, all of the effusive praise that gets lauded on these players that with Chelsea going most likely to Portugal very soon after the window ends to buy the second club as a part of Blue Co, potentially going to Belgium to add in another, that it could be by the time he turns 18 that Chelsea have three or four options across Europe to place him into. And so I guess what would we need to see, Jess, from Kendry between now and then to honestly, make to get closer to that first team. Honestly, this is going to sound boring, but I truly believe this. Keep doing what he's doing because okay. he is a starter. <laughs> no, because he is a starter in his club, right? He's playing consistently. 
he is showing that he can play consistently. He is showing that he can be an important player despite his young age. Um, as as Ned said, he's showing that in continental com- competitions. So he just needs to keep working on the path that he's already in. It's not even that he needs to do something different as other players that have to fight for the starting spot or have to develop in a particular way is simply keep doing what he's doing. And if he keeps doing what he's doing and it stays like this, um, then we're going to have a wonderful player on our hands. What I will say though, is when you're talking about young players, and I think you're always very consistent with this here on the pod is you have to be ready to deal with inconsistencies. So I would, I would give an example on Angelo. Last season, when you're talking about Santos, um, they were also not incredible in the league. They were fighting relegation and they had Marcos Leonardo and Angelo, the, in my opinion, the two best players leading them. And even though they were very young, they were pretty much the, the core of, of, of that squad. And Angelo was seen as this incredible talent, right, uh, by the fan base and by um, journalists and all of that. Um, obviously he was a starter for the U20s in Brazil, seen as a starter, um, and all of that. And then this season he had like a drop in, in terms of what he presented last season and immediately fans went like, oh my God, Chelsea is paying too much for him. And fans started saying that he was not good enough. And then he comes to Chelsea and has, in my opinion, a really, really good preseason, despite, you know, obviously he didn't have a lot of minutes, um, compared to others, but he showed that that spark is still there that the there is a reason why Chelsea looked at him, that the scouting team looked at him. And this is just something that I think we need to be cautious about all of these players and also with Kendri, because he is showing incredible consistency, but as you know, as was pointed out, he still has a couple more years. So it is to to be expected that he's going to have spells where it, you know he's not great. If he doesn't, then awesome, amazing. He will be the player that we all think that he will be. But I'm I just I'm just wary of people writing him off and writing any of his players off based on just a a short mom spell. I think the way to think about it is because he would be coming to Chelsea at the earliest in 2025. It's almost like we've got a chance to see the movie trailer right now, but we have not watched the final movie. So we can't jump to conclusions on what type of player he is yet, and we need to let the development phase happen so that he can become the player that he he should become if his trajectory maps appropriately. Would that be fair? Yeah, incredibly fair. And also, I mean, we're talking about Chelsea, right? And I'm not expecting Chelsea to go crazy in the transfer market as as, we're, as we saw in the past couple of, of windows we're seeing now. But we don't know. We don't know if a new talent will come up, if Chelsea are going to buy certain players, if they're going to be needing more of a winger, more of a 10. So, you know, those things are, are too too much in the future too, because I'm, t- I'm talking about winger and 10s because Kendra can play as a winger, can play as a 10. So, but you know, the way that you, you mold him, the way that you um, um, kind of see him in, in the Chelsea squad will depend on a lot of circumstances that also are not entirely connected to him. And, and are connected to a lot of other circumstances within the club and the transfer market and the players in the academy and all of those. So, but as, as for what he can do, just keep impressing and keep playing the way that he's doing right now. And, and so maybe just zooming out then, talking about it, we got a, a question from uh, Leogic and he wanted to know about this idea. So Washington's coming to Chelsea. We have a lot of young players who are going to get loaned out. Nat, are you worried about 
what that pathway is going to look like for for Kendry and for others with all of the young players that Chelsea have signed that it almost feels like maybe there's going to be too many, even if we have three or four additional clubs that we can leverage to place them in for their development? Yeah, totally. Um, That's something that comes to mind on regularly, to be honest, because I keep making up scenarios in my mind um, that could or could not happen. But the multi-club model would be a great um, way to kind of go around it, giving opportunities to players to play regularly and knowing they are going to be performing for the club, for the blue coat as a whole. So if they perform well, they can, uh, they can end up at Chelsea or they can end up in another club in the model, in the multi-club model that's in a better position in their respective league or that's in a better league overall. So, yeah, uh, that's why I feel like it's important that we really go um, strong and really go after this multi-club model. Um, we see City. I don't feel like they are the, the best example, to be honest, because I feel like most times they buy players, they sign it, oh, I'm a Manchester City player and everything. They ain't going to play for City because there are a lot of clubs. So there needs to be a balance as well. We need to be a multi-club model. We, Chelsea needs to be part of a multi-club model, but it needs to be balanced so we don't kind of lose it and don't really give the, the experience these players need to really give what they they can achieve, you know, so that they can play regularly, knowing that they can be at the highest level, but also knowing that things are controlled, that they are being watched, and that their future is actually important. Not only, oh, he's here, cool, now you can move. It's going to be so important that Chelsea and the larger organization or apparatus do a great job of nurturing the personal and the professional development of these individuals and continuing to have great dialogue across the infrastructure so that people are aware of where they sit and what the pathway and trajectory is for them. I think as we start to close out in this episode, though, I'd like to pose a question and see what your thoughts are. So... Washington has an incredible season. He does what? What happens or where does Strasbourg finish their year? What have they accomplished if Washington absolutely has a phenomenal season in Ligon? So you can take a second. You can think about it. What what does the impact of having a high-performing Washington do to Strasbourg to for Vera's side? You can go. I'm actually thinking. I really don't know. But um, I feel like the way this preseason was conducted, especially, um, we could go from there, you know, integrate him during preseason and see where he goes. But having a ma- an exceptional season with Strasbourg is going to be a key factor on his future, whether he stays at Strasbourg or he goes to a Prem Lowen. Or he stays at Chelsea in the end. But yeah, that's a hard question. Um, for me, I have to define what is the exceptional, like what would be exceptional um, season with him? Like, are we looking at his numbers from the youth day? Because if you're talking about his youth day, youth days, um, like the just 
the the season just before he was integrated into seniors, something like that. You're talking double g- digits, talking about like 17 goals and and across all competitions and all of that. So you just have to look at the how the league on maybe Europe. If I don't know, like you have to see. I mean, I, it's so hard to put that on just a player, but if you're thinking, okay, David's gonna have the best season that he had and trans- translated, Angelo is going to have the best season that he had translated in France, then you have to say Europe. But it's it's a, a lot like it, it's it's much more nuanced than that because I wouldn't expect them to immediately have their best ever season. Um because David's best ever season was was youth days. And I don't even know if he's going to start. I, I think first he's going to have to to fight to start. Same with Angelo. I think he 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 is seen as a sub now, so it, it is kind of complicated. But I mean, in an ideal scenario, you're talking about them replicating exactly their best season in Brazil, replicating it in France, and you have to say Europe. Uh, it would be interesting to see Strasbourg go from being almost relegated to being even in fifth place, which I believe is a Europa League conference uh, or Europa League group stage spot in France. So that would be a phenomenal season over season improvement. And if Washington was responsible for that, I would imagine that he would find his way very quickly back in Stanford bridge <laughs> and at Chelsea, because that would yeah, mean exactly. that he's exploded on the scene. Yeah, exactly. It's like you said, it's not something that you're expecting. So, you know, it's, it's a dream scenario, but you know, in terms of numbers and what you see them produce in the youth days, if it's translated 100% into it, you have to take, you know, it's it's like I said, um, Angelo and Marcos Leonardo, in my opinion, were responsible for Santos not being relegated. So you're not, you know, they have a huge, in, they had a huge impact in, in their club in Brazil. So you're talking about translating that. Um, but as as we know, it's not that simple. You know, you have to, they first have to earn their their spots, and you have to learn the 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 way that their manager wants wants them to play. They have to learn the league, and I know that. Um, and Nat talked about this before about potentially having Angelo and David together. Uh, but I think one aspect that we didn't talk about and I think is, can be very, very instrumental uh, is the off-pitch, off-pitch relationships. Because us Brazilians, we are a very homey people. Like we're very family. We, we like to feel like we're at home. So when you have friends and when you share that culture with your friends, either through music, through, through food and all of that, it makes a huge difference in terms of mentality. And I can only imagine how much of an impact that can have in a positive way to such young players. So in that sense as well, is something that I think can help them. Um, you know, when you're t- talking about someone that is already a friend that you already have a deep connection with outside of the pitch as well. And hopefully that friendship can translate very well on the pitch. Um, but yeah. Well, it's kind of like how the friendship translates to the pod as well, because we're wrapping on a phenomenal conversation about all things Brazilian football, on League On, on David Washington, on so many parts of the larger Chelsea apparatus. And we just want to say, I want to say on behalf of all of our listeners, thank you to both of you, Nat, and to Jess for giving us a huge instruction and an introduction to a player who hopefully, if all things go according to plan, uh, is wearing a blue Chelsea kit at some point in the future. Maybe not next season, but in the future, which would be really exciting. And uh, maybe before we go, uh, if if Nat and then Jess, if you wanted to say, like, what's your, your hope for where Chelsea finished this season? Where does Chelsea end up? Oh, that's hard. 
Yeah, I just know we ain't gonna suffer like we did last season. I can feel it yep. in my heart. But I also expect us to go to an European competition, either conference or Europa. To be honest, given the squad we have, the amount of young players that we have, Europa League wouldn't be that bad overall. So, yeah, I'd hope for that. Maybe a Champions League spot. Yeah, I know we can get it, but being more realistic, um, yeah, European football should be the goal. Maybe win a cup, a national cup, maybe Carabao Cup, because it's easier on in the early stages. Hopefully, a few other giants in English football um, get knocked out before we do. We won't get, get knocked out because we're going to win it. But yeah. I just hope we can be consistent, which we weren't last season, and that we can develop those players that we are getting, that we are buying, because they are young players, they are bright talents, and they need the setting to develop and also develop collectively. So that's the key for this season and for the future. So, yeah. And I know Mauricio is going to do a great job. He's known for doing great jobs in these situations. So, yeah. Those are my hope. Uh, quickly, before we move to that, I just one thing that I would like to to say, if I may, in terms of David, um, I think uh, Chelsea fans, if they try to watch him alone, are really going to enjoy watching him because I think uh, I we touched a little bit on that, but he is a fun player to watch. Um, you know, kind of Angelo, where you just don't know where there's where it's going. There is a dribble there and try something different and brave and courageous. So it's that sort of a spark that you see on some players. So, um, yeah, that's just something positive um, about him that I think maybe can make a couple of Chelsea fans try to watch him on on, on his few games because um, he really is like an entertaining player to watch. Um, as for my expectations my expectations on the field are that we build an identity and i think we are on you know moving towards that building a style of play and all of that and in terms of where do we finish i would like my expectation is that we push for at least one cup and that we get europe my hope is that we win a cup and that we get um champions league qualification well, it sounds like we're all on the same page, which I feel like is where all Chelsea fans are. There is some leniency from the excitement around preseason still remaining. There's excitement around Washington, uh, particularly because of the conversation that we had today. So on behalf of our listeners, I'm going to thank you both for the time that you spent with us. Uh, we'll have uh, links to Twitters that you may follow the wonderful individuals and Jess and Nat that joined us too, so that you can get more education about uh, the broader footballing world. But that's going to do it for this episode. And so you know what to do. Keep a blue flag flying high.